You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. All I know is the chorus. That's all I know. Too. All any of us know. Five, six, seven, eight. Die, 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 there's a place here at the table, your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Eight times done, we're having a night. Hi guys, I'm Ari. And I'm Sophie, and you're listening to Having a Night podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party uh we're still in quarantine as you can probably tell from the sound of the show and we've got a passover special for the first time but before we we get into that with our very special guest this week sophie did you eat anything interesting since we last spoke oh my god my dad made the most excellent roast chicken and mashed potatoes last night it was truly outstanding Instead of serving them separately, he just put a big dish, covered it in mashed potatoes, and then we butchered the chicken or, you know, cut the chicken into its pieces, put them like into the mashed potatoes and covered the whole thing with gravy. It was unbelievable. How about you? Um, Well, yesterday I actually went back into the city to kind of get some last minute things and check on our plants and our mail. And I, I realized that the freezer drawer, somehow, this has never happened to us before, but we had left the freezer drawer kind of ajar. No. So all of this, yeah, all of this stuff. And it, was, it wasn't like warm in there. It was just like only partially frozen. So I grabbed our, like all of our meats and brought them back up to Connecticut because I thought these are going to go. I've got to cook these soon. And so I actually, I had some short ribs that I was really scared. I texted Sophie. I was like, uh, would you cook these if you were me? And the consensus was like, if they smell okay, you're probably okay. Yeah. The last I thing can't. I want to do is like go to the hospital because I poisoned myself. So I threw them in the, uh, the instant pot with some carrots, some celery, a lot of red wine, um, onions, shallots, no bay huh. leaf. What does the bay leaf even do? And it was, it was divine with some mashed potatoes as well. Something about mashed potatoes, this past week was rough. And something about like the comfort of a mashed potato situation feels just right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a grilled cheese yesterday. I've yes. pasta with butter. Like, it's a time for comfort foods for all of the obvious reasons. Speaking of comfort foods, I mean, this week, Passover is a big time for comfort foods. I mean, all of those foods are stodgy and comforting. I mean, it's funny because I haven't celebrated Passover in a really long time. Of course, I'll go to someone else's Seder if they invite me, but like, I haven't really thought about having one on my own. But this year, actually, it was something that you said. You were talking about how you guys have cooked for Nauru's for the Persian New Year. 
And I was thinking about like this year, this time, like I just want to celebrate anything possible because life is so strange right now that any time you can spend with people you love, being grateful, sitting down, slowing down feels so important. Yeah, beautifully said. It's so true. And just remembering traditions, whether you're religious or not, just history and traditions and those who came before you. And yeah, eating eating the foods that take you back to a place of memory and happiness. It's transformative it can, or transportive, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. You can check on um, Instagram for any updates. And also we have a video out uh, with us making our own matzo balls. So check that out too. And show us your balls um, and we'll show you ours. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, this week we have a, such a special guest. I mean, we've already had my dad on. So here's my mom to talk all about Passover. Woo! We hope you guys enjoy it. Here we are. I'm Beth. This is Sophie. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> I love that my, my mom, we just started and she's already stage managing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mommy, for the introduction. You're so welcome. We're here to talk about Passover. Air. Let's put some air on those cords. Can we just do a vocal warm-up? Can we spend five minutes on bottle fries? Sure. Uh, because everyone is doing Zoom now, you hear voices like... Uh, in a way that you never heard them before. And so you hear people talking like that. I noticed that you've really effort in the last five seconds to modulate your own <laughs> voice. Suddenly you're speaking as if you always speak like this. When in fact, you bark as much as I do. <laughs> Just turn on the dulcet tones for the radio. I have like five minutes of dulcet. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about Passover because my experience with Passover is quite limited. And... Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I know about it, and I'm going to tell you what I don't know, which is almost everything. I, when my daughter was born 33 years ago, I tried to make it, make it a very family thing, but I didn't get much encouragement. So what I remember about Passover is the stuff that I remember from before I was married, when people actually invited me to Seder's. Now they no longer <laughs> invite me. I don't know why. Um, so I re- what I can tell you is what I remember. I remember uh, several wonderful Seder's with my aunt. Estelle, who is no longer with us, and very lovely Passovers with my Aunt Fanny, who were who was also no longer with us. I remember a couple of strange uh, Los Angeles Passovers where the food was like unbelievable, but nobody knew the service. It was it was actually quite the Haggadah. Nobody knew anything from any. I mean, there were some very big people there. They knew zip, <laughs> zip, zip, but the food was very good. Uh, then last year, Daddy and I went to um, Bob and Lovey's, and they had their whole family. And he was he, he did the whole ceremony in Hebrew. Now this guy is over eighty, so if you're go, if you want to do uh, Passover, you better get cracking now because pretty soon there's going to be people who you know you're not going to be able to find anybody who actually knows how it goes. So learn your Hebrew, learn the Haggadah. It's very nice. We all sang the songs and we we did the whole ceremony. It was great. Well, I always feel that Passover has the potential to be wonderful, but it ends up feeling really long. Like when I was a kid and I would go to Passover, I just remember that it felt like it droned on and on and on. And I just wanted to have a yummy meal and try to find the matzah. 
Well, there are truncated versions of the ceremony. There are shortened versions of it, but I think it's a kind of a, they kind of, it make it a day of rest and a day of uh, feasting as well. Ari, just jump in. Yeah, Ari, what's your experience with Passover? I also want to make sure that we can hear you. No, we can't hear you. Now, we're- now you can hear me? Okay. Back to, Back to Passover. I remember it being so long when I was little, but my parents and all the adults loving it and not really understanding why it, until I became of drinking age. And then you realize it's just a big party because there's four glasses of wine that you, it's like ritual drinking interspersed with songs. And, and, and it's also a very entertaining evening because it's like you're going around, you're telling stories. I used to get so nervous when I was little when it would be my turn to read in public because I was the worst Jew in the family. My family was the, the least Jewish of, of the Jews. None of us had bar bat mitzvahs, but I would never know how to pronounce any of the Hebrew words, even if they were spelled in English. So I would just get so sweaty, but I would never pass. I would always go for it. Yeah, and I always wanted to do the play, the the plagues, the ten plagues. That was the best one. Oh, that's a fabulous one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one you're gunning for. You're like counting the people to see, like, okay, is it going to land on me? <laughs> but, well, also, I feel like there are also very hip versions of Passover now. Our producer was saying that when she throws a Passover with her friends, they'll do the meal first and then the Passover at the end, like the seder part at the end, so that people are nice and socially lubricated. Everybody's in a position where they want to perform. It's not the beginning of the evening where everybody's still really clammy. That's a good idea, actually. I think that's kind of a wonderful idea. But it's not very Jewish. But it doesn't matter. But that's the thing. We're not very good Jews, if I can say that out well, loud. The refor- well, you know, people, there's so many different branches of this group and they are very antagonistic to each other and actually feel like my group is better than your group. And I feel feel like that's a little bit of a waste of time. Although for the traditions, for the carrying on of the traditions, I think, I guess it is kind of important, you know, that the traditions be carried on because you don't want it to die out altogether. Someone was telling me that the Bulgarians, there's no more Bulgarian language. Nobody speaks Bulgarian anymore. You see, so that's when you think of of the extinction of certain uh, traditions and certain religions and all that sort of thing. It, 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 you, you get the willies because you don't want things to disappear altogether. Of course really not. So when you have, when the family gathers around, a lot of people serve drinks before the family sits down. But when the family gathers around and the chief, the person who's doing, who's going to run the ceremony, makes all the announcements and then everybody rolls their eyes yep. and everybody is like, is, you know, whatever. And um, I mean, it can be fantastic. And I, and I, I actually, I hardly ever see, used to see my relatives. I mean, I grew up without relations. I was in Hawaii and I was in Hawaii for the first 19 years of my life. And then I came to New York and suddenly I had relations. So I'm ha- I mean, I had actual family. So they would invite me and I would go and I would be the, you know, the fish out of water. But I always really enjoyed it because it's a chance to, to get to know people that you, you, it was a chance for me to get to know people that I had never in 20 years laid eyes on. So this was a big deal for me. So I I always liked Passover. Well, it's also like the Jewish version of a Thanksgiving where you are seeing relatives that you don't see all the time. Which I think is what it, what's what's nice about it is that you gather a much bigger group than you gather for 
a traditional Friday night dinner, right? You, it's a much bigger group than it would be for Shabbat or something like that. Right. But what you also pointed out is that it needs a leader. And yes. that's very important. Unlike a Thanksgiving, which doesn't really require a leader, except for someone who knows how to carve a turkey, you have to have someone who's prepared to run the program, who's prepared to really you know, pace out the evening in a good way. It's and- true. Well, because it's an evening of entertainment. It's, you yeah. know, unlike Thanksgiving, this is like, it's, it's a built-in show. You've That's got right. songs, you've got reading. It'd be a great way to like uh, meet someone or be set up with someone. Cause you kind of see all facets of, you know, they're like, you're performing. I don't know. It's, it's very different than most holidays. Just with that in mind, I think it needs a it needs a leader, but it needs a leader with a really good sense of humor. I yes, think of it cannot be a leader who's going to be so uh, you know so square that that there's no looseness to the program. But indeed, the the person who steps forward, you always do hope that that person is a lot of fun. I mean, can you imagine Mel Brooks at oh, a Seder? Oh my God! Oh, imagine, uh, Carl Reiner and any of those guys at a Seder. Even Paul Mazursky, I actually think I went to Mazursky. No, 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 I mean, may he rest in peace. Paul Mazursky, I actually think I went to Seder with Paul Mazursky, and I think it was pretty pretty hilarious. So I I think that's the that's the the way you set the bar that it's a that it's an that's an it's an evening of not just feasting and not just remembering your roots and not just saying hello to your uh, your friends and relations, but also that it's an evening of entertainment, just like you said, Ari. You want someone who's also who's like going to ad lib and make some cheeky jokes. You know what I mean? And not just stick to the script. But I do think that it requires someone who is going to do their homework. You know, someone who's going to sit down the night before or the two days before and say, oh, I think I'll do this bit. Oh, I think I'll do that bit. And then I'll call on so-and-so and and we can have a little, you know, tumbling. And I I think that it makes the, 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 the evening go faster. You, you can't have someone who's lazy, but this actually also goes back to a, an episode that Ari and I recorded with our friend Patrick, all about the old hostesses of days gone by and how they would really produce sort of evenings where at the end people were expected to get up and sing a song or read a limerick or do something. And so it sort of requires someone who's willing to go there. You can't have a shy person leading a Passover, but the good news is you're picking from a handful of Jewish people. So like chances are hopefully they'll be amusing and like lively. Right. I hope so. But I, I I think that the really religious people who are listening to this would think that we were uh, heretics, which I I mean, I think after thousands of years of doing this ceremony, I think it's devolved into this kind of fun evening, but I think they were pretty serious when they started. I don't want to, I don't want to skim over the serious part of it. And the fact that, you know, it's one of the most important uh, days in the, in the Hebrew calendar that you, you thank God for delivering uh, uh, the tribe from slavery. I mean, that's a big deal. But because the sorrow and the tears and the, and the maror, every single thing that's on the Seder plate is about suffering. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like you kind of need the liveliness to balance it out and to keep you coming back year after year, Spoken right? like a true American Jew. Oh, dear. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to the food. Let's <laughs> talk about the food. What are you, let's just start out with it. What are your thoughts on gefilte fish? If you make gefilte fish by, uh, by hand, if you make a homemade gefilte fish 
which is not the easiest thing in the world. No. Basically, what the French would call a cannelle. It is one of the greatest things you can ever taste. I personally was brought up with almost no Jewish food. And I uh, we got our gefilte fish when they finally started shipping it to the islands, the Hawaiian islands, which was like when I was 13 or something. It had, had a kind of a, it had a smell that was weird. I didn't hate it though. Was it sweet? It was not sweet. Now, we had this one nanny in our world, the, one of the ch- people that we had that helped Sophie, raise Sophie when I was, when I was in pictures. Um, yeah. Fabulous kid. She was from uh, Seattle, Washington. She couldn't boil water when she came to us. And I said, Wait, you have to at least boil water. And she said, I don't know how. So I said, I'm going to send you to school, to cooking school. We sent her to cooking school, and she came back after a month of cooking school. Did she really do a full month? She did a full month. Wow. She came back after a month of cooking school and she made gefilte fish by hand and none of us had ever tasted it. And it was the, it was one of those things that you never forget as long as you live. And I suddenly realized that there was a depth of Jewish cooking that I didn't know anything about because it had been taken over by companies and people didn't want to cook anymore. Mm-hmm. So the truth is, if you're forced to cook every day, you hate it. But if you do sure. it from love, you love it. Sure. She also made the greatest matzo balls of all time. And when I make matzo balls, which I'm doing today, I try to emulate her matzo balls. Brilliant. And also the person in question who we're talking about is Tracy Cunningham, who is now one of the world's greatest hair colorists. So we love you, Tracy. We sure do. We sure do. I mean, she cooked better Jewish food than anybody else I've ever she met. She cooked better Jewish food than I'd ever tasted. I had no idea Jewish food could be that delicious. Now, I will say this. Yesterday, we looked up a recipe on God Bless the Internet on how to make homemade matzah. People, I have to tell you, matzah is duck soup. It is so easy. It's four ingredients, and it's absolutely delicious. She I made- might have to do that. Because I'm scared they're going to be out of it at all the grocery stores. It is so easy. It's flour, olive oil, salt. And water. And water. That's all it is. And you prick the the, the dough a little bit. You roll it through a pasta maker. You bake it. And it's, I couldn't get over it. I love that my mom is saying this as if she was the one who did all of this. In fact, I was the one who did did it. And my mouth. Sophie did it? Of course. Yeah, because I, I, we had to make matzo balls, and we knew there wasn't going to be any matzo meal anywhere, Wait, so this. we made it. And they taste just like Carr's water crackers. They're delicious. Ooh. Now, yum. I was on my high horse, which I can barely get off of because I'm my high horse and I are glued to the saddle, <laughs> to, glued to each other. I've got my you high are what I like to say. You're a member of the high horse ranch. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm not just the. I'm the not. The, I am the owner and the queen. The owner, Adam, the, proprietor, the, high horse, Adam, the high horse. I will tell you this: the old high horse ranch, <laughs> ranchy. I, I was so upset a couple of months ago. I would go to the store and I didn't want to buy anything in plastic. I've had a yen for a cracker and everywhere I looked, the crackers, their crackers were in plastic trays with, you know, with maybe a cardboard outside. Well, that is so much packaging and it's just freaking crackers. People make your own damn crackers. So I decided I would make my own damn crackers. And one day I sat down and I, made a recipe that was very similar to what you had, only had maybe uh, toasted sesame seeds on it. And they were delicious, and they did not come in plastic. 
So I feel matzo doesn't come in plastic. It comes in cardboard, but the, the, in paper, yeah. the, the paper is waxed, so you can't compost that. So make your own matzo. Live a little. I mean, our listeners are going to really yeah. like the trend because every episode I'm like, and it came in plastic and I refused to buy it. And now I'm making my own. I mean, it's, it it's is true. a trend. It is a threat. But I want to segue into, well, this is the same topic. Are you guys into floaters or are you into sinkers? Oh, it sounds awful. It so sounds but so repulsive, but it turns out this is how everybody talks about matzo balls on the internet. Cause I've been doing all this research and I'm like, this sounds repulsive, but that's how they refer to them. Are, is it a floater or a sinker? I'm I sorry. I'm not even going to go there because I don't talk like that. Phrased another way. A Do you like or a, a denser matzo ball or a, 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 a light air-filled matzo ball? Yeah. Personally, I feel that uh, the, the meal itself is it's an Alka-Seltzer festival. I mean, it is so heavy. Did I tell you about the cobalt that killed my uncle? No. This is we never, never discuss. I mean, kugel is something that I will not let pass, let pass my lips. It's too dangerous. I hate it. I, I, I hate, hate it. it. How did it kill your uncle? Well, it gave just it gave him a heart attack on the spot. <gasps> no, he went home and he had you know like a heart. He had heartburn and then he collapsed. Wow. Well, Holy. it wasn't my actual uncle. It was this was the story they told me at the Pesach dinner one time. Okay, let's <laughs> work. Uh-huh. <laughs> a warning. I like the meal to be as light as possible because you sit for a long time and you don't want heartburn right you want to go for a walk afterwards you want to have you want lightness it's a spring it's a spring festival i like a lighter too i can't imagine wanting a dense one i and you know what i like i like them pretty small or i like to break them up it took me a while to actually even get into to matzo balls to be honest so i love the soup i love the soup and have a little bit of the matzo ball but it's just it's like a soggy cracker when sophie was a little girl she actually started to make matzo balls and we made them with a, like a regular commercial meal. And Sophie used to make a ball that was a foot wide and she would put it in the soup. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the, so the matzo ball was a giant matzo ball. And then we would just cut it and we would, sh- <laughs> we would share it. But to watch this matzo ball boiling in, in a pot of uh, chicken broth was Hilarious. I mean, in my floaters and sinkers <laughs> research, everybody oh is saying your matzo ball should be smaller than a ping pong ball, an inch wide. I want my matzo balls at least three inches. I want like a gigantic thing because I also like it to be dense. I'm a dense matzo. I'm, I'm dense. I'm a dense matzo ball. I'm a dense matzo ball. I want the inside to be dense and then the outside can be a little bit fluffy. Well, then you better make your own matzo balls. <laughs> The way to get them fluffy, by the way, is seltzer and or baking powder. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never made them. I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. They're really easy. Um, Where were we? Oh, we're not going to talk about schmaltz, right? We're not going to talk about rendering. Okay. Well, we should. I have a joke. Okay. Okay, Tell a joke. A joke. A joke. I don't know if this will go over your head because you don't know this joke. But my friend, I had a director friend who told me, uh, uh, you, you should never buy gribbonists from a moil. Now, you don't know what gribbonists is, and you don't even know what a moil is. Oh, of course um, we know what a moil okay, is. Okay, the moil is the man that does the circumcision for the men. And he would take, the, the idea is that you take those little bits of penis skin and you fry <laughs> them up. So, so it's a terrible Jewish joke. Never mind. Okay, anyway, 
schmaltz is rendered chicken, chicken fat, fat with onions. And the onions and the chicken skin would get so dark and, and black. People used to love to eat that. I, that's I, what grivenous is. That's grivenous, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat oh. that. In fact, people stopped eating schmaltz a long time ago because it, they were worried about their hearts. So they stopped. Sure. But it's a very nice flavor. It adds a lovely flavor. I'd like to talk for five seconds about the, the soup. There are several different versions of the soup. Some people like to do a whole chicken in a pressure cooker with nothing else. That would be my husband. And some people like to do a chicken, a whole chicken with necks, backs, and wings. Oh, necks, backs, and wings. And feet. Feet. Feet are what give the chicken broth. Yeah. The gelatinous. gelatinous quality. Yeah. It's also very, very flavorful. Now, you can do all those parts in the pressure cooker without an onion and a carrot and a piece of celery. But I like to do the chicken parts with an onion and a piece of celery and a carrot. I like that. Where do you stand on bay leaves? I don't use a bay leaf, but I will say I have read recipes where they do double chicken, where they will make a chicken broth with all those parts, and then they will go back and slap it again with yet another chicken. Now that is an extraordinarily luxurious Yes. Expensive product, but it, I've t- had it, I've tasted it once or twice, and it's really, really good. Well, what's nice yeah. about that is like, I want to, if you're home making chicken broth, it should basically turn to jello in your refrigerator. Exactly. Like the, the yep, chicken, that's a good should, sign. so much of the collagen should have gotten out of the chicken that it should be wobbly, not just liquid, but it's hard to get it to that point. You've got it. That's why the pressure cooker is a good method. Well, I have to say the flavor of the chicken broth, the, the, the parts of necks, backs, and wings, absolutely crucial to the flavor of that bird. A chicken breast is not going to do it for you. Chicken breast has no flavor. Dark meat has flavor. But those parts that everyone turns their nose up at, gizzards, uh, though you don't cook with, you don't use the liver, but, and you don't use the heart, but you do use the gizzards. Those really add a tremendous amount of flavor to your broth. And you need a, a broth. Otherwise, you won't have a good flavor too. When you guys serve, are you serving chicken in the matzo ball soup? Are you serving carrots in the matzo ball soup or just a broth? Uh, it, a, a broth with a matzo ball. And you can have a couple of slices of, of carrot in it too. But I, I think it's a clear broth with a matzo ball in it. And not and not. I don't like it to have. Putting chicken in it is too much... It ruins your appetite for the rest of the meal, which is huge. I agree. I think it's very chic to just have a little. It's almost like a consomme. It's it's very a consomme. chic. Just one matzo ball and a clear soup. Because mm-hmm. also, I would love to have like a chicken soup with chicken and carrots and celery in it on another day. But this is just your appetizer for the meal. So I think keep it simple. And keep the portion small. Because when yes. you that brisket, all hell is going to break loose. It's true. So, so. <laughs> and the kugel will kill you. So. Don't go near the kugel. Just put out the kugel with a little sign that says, do not eat. <laughs> so let's talk about chopped liver. Let's talk about chopped liver. My mother used to broil her she used calf's liver, and it was absolutely. Once she got done with it, it was good. But you could not eat it as an. Uh, uh, you couldn't eat it on a plate. I mean, I was uh, uh, thirty years old when I realized that 
the calf's liver cooked in a, the proper way was absolutely delicious. My mother's liver was inedible, but she we used to grind it. You know, she had one of those big metal grinders that you would clank onto the clamp onto the uh, the table, and then she would grind you would grind it by hand with an onion. Wow! With small. Wow! I mean, it, this was deep, and you would I would just look at her like. But the liver was very good. But I think that a chicken liver is better than a beef liver, flavor-wise. Chicken liver are typically used, not beef liver. Uh, 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 do I like liver, chopped chop liver? It's okay. It's okay. I think if it's homemade or it's made by, like, a Jewish place that you know somewhere, I think it's actually quite delicious. Like, on a spread thin on a piece of matzah, it's like a liverwurst. Like a liver, liverwurst. Yes, it's like a liverwurst or it's like a... Like a pate. Like a pate, exactly. If you're at a seder where you're allowed to kind of puree it and make it more of a pate, and yeah. kind of serve it in like a French way, maybe even put like, I don't know, something sweet with it, be good. Like a little like, you know, jam. Just really go like full on French. We are going to take real heat for this. Full on French. Oh my God. You're, no, they're we're gonna not going to throw us out of the, out of the they're going to throw us out of the tribe. Chopped liver is... Um, really a matter of everybody, everyone's, anyone's taste. I mean, there's no true tried and true recipe for chopped liver. Everyone thinks their chopped liver, their mom's chopped liver oh. is the best. So you there's no argument with chopped liver. Uh, let's move on to the horosis and the moror and the salt water and the parsley, which we always forget. Well, I love this parsley and the salt water. You like to dip it in and then eat it because it's yeah. Right, well, right. And I also think that when you're a kid and you go to a Seder and you're starving, that's the first thing you eat, I think. Yes, totally. And so you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Because you, your stomach has been rumbling. So I just, that flavor to me is like indelible. I don't All know. right, curly parsley or flat leaf parsley? Flat leaf. Okay, don't get, don't have a fit. Ari's shaking her finger. You're a curly flat, flat leaf for every other occasion. Curly for Passover. I think you've got to use the curly at some point. It gets no love, so it can have Passover. It looks better on the Seder plate. I love it. Why not? But then it has to be a bountiful sprig. It can't just be like one lonely. No, it has to be a bush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want, it should be like a big, we actually just got some curly parsley because that was all they had. Okay, so what happens after you've done, you've, you've oh, you have a hard-boiled egg, too. But you have a roasted egg. That's the problem. It's roasted. It's rubber. I mean, I do remember as a child having that sad parsley in salt water and then that rubbery egg, and then you have a shank that has nothing on it. Yes. It's sad. Yeah, the shank is just a bone. You could use any bone, right? There's no meat on it's it, is it? It's supposed to be lamb because it's like the sacrificial lamb. Mm. What do you think about herosis? I think it can be fantastic if it's a really, uh, if, the, if the balance of flavors is really good. It should be t- tasty. It should be delicious. It's nuts. It's a little bit of honey. It's a little bit of uh, apple. apple, a little bit of dates, a few raisins. I mean, it's a sweet thing. Yeah. It's a sweet fruit thing. And it can be good with the chopped liver. Ooh. Oh, there's your jam. That's what That's I always do. Combo. If you can do it so that it doesn't taste quite so like, tacky you know that stick to the roof of your mouth oh, you quality sticky, sticky. yeah oh. but i guess what it symbolizes is the mortar between the bricks so it's supposed to be sticky i guess well are you going for authenticity or for taste you're right i think i'm going for taste i like it to be a little chunky but very uniform like 
I want like the li- little squares of perfectly diced apple. I'm really just judging someone's knife skills on the roses. <laughs> you peel the apple or do you, you peel the apple now, right? Yeah, I think so. My mom makes is, it. Is it a green apple or is it a, a red apple? Well, I should remember. say that they didn't have any of these things in, in uh, Palestine. Of course, they were, first of all, they were in Egypt. Let's in be clear. Egypt, okay. Egypt, okay. They, don't have, they didn't have any apples in, in Egypt. They had persimmons. They had dates. So they, they would have honey. They would have Love dates. They would have raisins because they had grapes. I mean, I think it's a much, it's a much <laughs> gooier thing than we're thinking of that the Europeans added into it in, in lieu of dates because dates you can't get. You couldn't get. Couldn't get. Medjool. So let's let's yeah. table the horosis for the time being and, and move on to the main course, which is which has been brisket, which has been uh, short ribs, which has been, help me out here. Well, so usually <laughs> it's brisket, unless you're in a family where people aren't eating red meat, which but I guess even for Passover, most people give that up and they have the brisket. I think I've been to houses where people don't even eat the brisket, but it's like just a tradition to have it. It's never good. Nora Ephraim's hair was absolutely top drawer. However, even I, I have to say, if it wasn't for Nora, I mean, that was the best brisket I ever had at a Seder. Do you know what she did to it? I do not. I actually do not. But I, I mean, I have her book. I, her her son was kind enough to give me her her cookbook, and I was I, I and I will look it up and I will let you know. However, since we are not going to be brisket people, since we are not brisket people, we could go with another cut of the cow. cow. <laughs> we could go for a roast beef, or we could go for a flanken. Does flanken is or is flanken brisket? I think that's a brisket, right? Wait, is it? I'm not sure. I love it. Flank. Is it or is it like a flank? Like a flank steak? A flank I love steak. a flank steak. Well, my father has already procured short ribs from a person down the road who has meat. So we're having short ribs. He got very carried away by the Allison Roman Seder menu. So we're basically doing her whole Seder menu. Okay, wait. We're cooking the short ribs differently. We're not making kugel. I'm making a different matzo ball soup. So I guess that leaves, <laughs> we're using the same ingredients and making our own Did version. she have a kugel? She does a potato kugel. Oh. So if we're not doing brisket, we have a short rib option. You could do a chicken. All right, thoughts? That's, well, we're, since I'm the only Jew here and I'm not even that Jewish, we are going to do it, but we're going to order from this like local sweet little place that's doing Passover takeout. Mm-hmm. And they have like a harissa chicken Ooh. with dates and harissa um, roast chicken. So we're going to do that. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yes, I've yes. never had chicken on Passover. It sounds Moroccan. It sounds it Moroccan. It sounds Middle Eastern. And I think that, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. That's the side of the culture that is more um, Spanish. That's the, those are the Sephardic people. Sephardic, yeah. Jews who have a lot more to more... Uh, glamour going on than the Ashkenazis, the the Eastern European ones who are, you know, were ghettoized and had, you know, didn't have any resources at all. So Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very flavorful cooking. I have, I do have to say there's more, you can have rice on Passover, more dried fruit, more, yeah, just more Middle Eastern flavors, which you could do a whole Seder. That's really those flavors, which would be delicious. I mean, Ooh, add a little like smoked paprika to your matzo ball soup or something. I mean, you could judge everything up. 
Well, wow. we have never done that, but I think that's definitely something I'd like to try. You wanted to talk about sides. I was wanted to know what the vegetable option was going to be. What is the vegetable? First of all, what's the vegetarian option? And what is the what are the sides for the flanken or the short ribs? Are you going to have roasted carrots? Are you going to have roasted? Are you going to have spinach? Are you going to have? Are you going to have any green at all? I think you need something raw. I think you need something chewy to counteract how not chewy everything else is. Oh yeah, that's nice. Like up the texture, get some something crunchy. Yes, I remember a lot of sad carrots, kind of overbaked carrots, no crispiness at all, just like mush. A celery salad, even celery. I mean, Gabrielle makes celery with almond almonds. A chopped celery salad with, um, with Marcona almonds. Not, well, Ooh, any kind, any of, kind almond. of almonds, you know, a, a, a pulverized in the thing, no, pulverized no, no. in a mortar and pestle with a, a an olive oil dressing or a vinaigrette dressing. That's very crunchy. Yeah, and it's delicious too. I would do that. I would do an endive salad, maybe an escarole. I think just something. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. So much food. No, mommy, I'm just throwing out options. Okay. This isn't what I'm going to oh, okay. buying so at this grocery store. This is the whole thing. These are just ideas of like, listen, it's hard to grocery shop these days. So anything you can get your hand on that has some right. fish, you're going to go for. But I actually love the idea of a celery salad because also you need your bitter greens in there because the whole story is about the bitter greens. So you could do a little, well, Allison Roman does a parsley and horseradish salad, which oh, is, wow. I would be into, maybe you wouldn't eat that much of it, but a little that bite. interesting. Yeah. And what is the uh, dessert? Great idea. You know, Nigella Lawson, Lawson makes oh, I love the greatest her. coconut. She has the recipe for the greatest coconut macaroons you have ever had in your life. They're fabulous. I, I hardly recommend them. We make them twice a year, no matter what. I will have spent a full day baking, and then my mom comes in and is like, can I make my coconut macaroons? I mean, they really are your favorite thing. They're very good. Oh, you got to make them. Well, you know, you, you buy a, a bag of unsweetened coconut. It's mostly egg whites mm-hmm. and yeah. tartar, tartar and some sugar. And I'm telling you, they are gorgeous, and they taste, they're just, it's ambrosia. They're really good. Yeah. It's nice and light after everything. I know some people do like for the kids, like the chocolate covered matzah is oh, big. Yes. A hit. That, that's yeah. delicious too. That's a fun thing. That's a fun thing. We get that every year. Someone sends us chocolate covered matzahs and they are delicious. They are, especially with, the, well, you like milk chocolate. I'm a dark chocolate person, but I think that's, yeah, that's a good, that, you can also make that yourself. Talk about it easy. Oh my God. Hold on. I just had a great idea. You could do, this is very like coronavirus Passover. If you are somewhere, if you are like cloistered somewhere outside of a city, you could like build a fire and do like chocolate covered matzah s'mores. Oh. That would be good. God, that would be delicious. I mean, I think that's about it. My only other thing would be if you wanted to do something small and lemony. Yeah, well, uh, lemony, lemony. It depends on whether you, you do something with butter. You shouldn't have something with butter. Oh, so good I, point. I was thinking of a lemon sorbet, something to like oh, sort of, sorbet. you know, like shrink everything after what you've eaten. Mm-hmm. You know, lemon like an acidity to counteract. Lemon sorbet. Yeah, mint. Something with mint. Well, mint. You're not going to like to hear this, and it's a bad note to end on. But mint is actually no good for heartburn. It's no good for your valve. I'm sorry to say that. 
Really? Gives you uh, acid reflux. Yeah. Mint actually opens your valve so that you, the acid from your stomach. I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm a singer and I had like major acid reflux and that my, my ENT said stop with the mint. So I stopped and I was, was cured. Well, there you go. Okay. No mint tea, everybody. Don't end with mint tea. I would say that about concludes it. Any Listen, other Ari, happy, happy Pesach. Listen, Sophie. Happy Pesach. Yeah, happy Pesach. May your dinner be delicious. May your virtual Seder be a big hit. Thank you for inviting me. And um, oh, great to have you. Thanks, Mommy. Happy Pesach. Thanks, wow, that was incredible. For someone who claims she doesn't know that much, she knows a ton. I have a feeling she may have done a little bit of research before we started. I ha- you know, I think she, I think all three of us were like, "Oh right, Passover." Like that has a lot of actual stuff. Like that has a lot of facts. Yes. <laughs> oh geez. But we went way deeper and like did did a lot more than I thought we were going to get to. Me too. And I'm getting pretty hungry. Who knows? Maybe this year will be the start of us like actually doing seders again. I'd love to ah. start that. Wouldn't that be fun if you and I threw a Seder? Oh, it would be phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Next year. Let's hope we're out of quarantine. Amen. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you to Colin and Rebecca, as always. We hope everybody is safe and healthy and, you know, pulling through. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. And we will, in fact, speak to you again next week. Happy Passover. Happy Passover.